I want to let go of the pain, move to sunshine from this never ending rain. But for some reason, this hurt has a hold on me like a vice grip. I know I can't be my best self if I allowed unhealed trauma to consume my thoughts. But Big Mama said, you take the good with the bad. So accepting trauma is a part of life. That's what I was taught. Hard times are inevitable, she said. God will never put more on you than you can bear, she said. Pain is a part of life. And we all have to earn our struggle stripes. Be strong. But just because I can take it doesn't mean I should have to. And if I want to go to therapy, then why does Big Mama keep discouraging me and saying that's only something that white people do? I don't know who to talk to. Mm. All my life I've heard, we are a strong people. Therapy ain't for us. But I can't think of a people living with more pain and trauma than the melanated sisters and brothers. But shh, that's not something we're supposed to discuss. Enough is enough. It is imperative. We must debunk this tired therapy ain't for us narrative. I'm ready to heal from this pain, sis. I want to become one with my vulnerability. Become one with my freedom to speak. Yes, I have been hurt in the past, but today is a great day to allow myself to be set free. Letting go of this pain is a choice and I choose me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, y'all. Let's roll. Welcome to MJ and the Word podcast, baby. Whoop, whoop. I am MJ. And I am the Word, BJ Word to be exact. Listen, <laughs> girl, that was good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would resonate with you. I can only imagine some of the things you've heard oh as a licensed therapist about, especially, you know, in our community is still, I mean, I feel like it's gotten better in some ways, but it's still very much, oh, you, you know, you just pray, just pray it away, <laughs> you yeah. know, and there's nothing against prayer, but it's like, you know, sometimes there is certain pain and trauma yeah. Where you have to talk that out. You got to get it out. You hold it in. Ooh. Absolutely. You know than anybody. <laughs> Absolutely. And y'all, so we're talking about trauma bonding today, y'all, which is a real thing. It's a real thing. But before we even get into <laughs> breaking down some of the things you said in that fucking word piece, I want to go here real quick. Um, it, it just, it, it may be a little sidebar, but I got to go here real quick because you talked about these ideas that we have about pain just being a part of the process and accepting struggling and just accepting oh we're so strong and you know you just suck it up and we're made for it and you keep it moving and I have to say some of those thoughts uh, were directly passed down to us during slavery and it irritates me okay that um, black people were told, and, and of course we bought it because what else do we have? What other choice do we have? But to buy into this lie that struggling is just supposed to be a part of who we are. You know, mm -hmm. just, just take that pain, just accept it. Of course, it's easy for you to say that when you're cracking a whip over my back. Um, why don't you get out here in this field and accept some pain and some struggling, okay? And so it, it, it's, it's an irritant <laughs> to mm -hmm. me that that idea was just passed down to us and we um in exchange for the luxury and the royalty and uh the the top tier uh up for echelon people that we are that we came from in the motherland okay that's where we came from <laughs> and then to accept this narrative of no uh, being beaten having things hard having to scrounge for food um that's just a part of your narrative and somewhere along the way i think to compensate for the you know the pain because your mind has to come up with something 
it, mm-hmm. it has to it's fighting to survive right mm-hmm. so if you're dealing with so much pain and so much trauma and then you you hear this narrative that hey you're strong you know you can take it it's just a part of life this is what what life is for you as a black person then your mind may will start to accept that and just say okay i gotta wrap i gotta wrap myself in this because i have nothing else to comfort me and it's time to dead that it's time it to get rid of that look it's so it's so time like and i can't tell you how many times i've heard it and you're mm-hmm. right it is this vicious cycle it's been passed down and mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. Like, well, you know, we are strong people. We, we get through, we tough. Yeah, but it manifests in other ways too. Right. Like like that pain builds up. Like, yeah, we may not be out crying every day or, you know, whatever. Right. But then, you know, like for me, for example, during the pandemic, I talked about this in the first episode. I know I was dealing with some severe anxiety during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mm-hmm. a few people in my family pass away. Mm-hmm. My favorite mm-hmm. high school coach passed away. And Mm -hmm. I packed on 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. So in my Mm -hmm. mind, I kept telling myself, no, I'm fine. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I I think I'm good. I'm good. But my body wasn't showing that. So Mm -hmm. it manifested other ways like that trauma and pain, no matter how much we try to convince ourselves, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. It's going to come out in illnesses. Mm -hmm. It's going to come out. You eventually have a breakdown. You snap. Something Mm -hmm. happens (laughs) usually. Mm -hmm. uh, And a lot of times, unfortunately, by the time we say, oh, maybe I do have a problem, it's almost too late. You got yeah. some kind of serious health issues. You didn't have a heart attack or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So that's mm-hmm. why it's like, you got to get this out. Get it mm-hmm. out. What is your outlet to yeah. letting this go? Let the pain yeah. go. Trauma, the, the hurt, yeah. whatever it is in you, right. how do you get it out? Right. I, and I think a lot of that too. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, especially for those of us who come from a Christian background and who, you know, may still be in Christianity, I am, you know, a Christian. And and those of us who who grew up in church may still be in the church. Um, I think we have to start to separate the thoughts of the things that we go through for the making of us, okay? Because we hear that all the time versus the things that happen to us that we're literally trying to be the breaking of us. Okay, there's mm-hmm. a difference. And 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 you know, I, I absolutely believe there are certain things that we encounter, that we experience in life that build our character. You know, they help us to teach us how to how to love other people more. They they teach us how to love ourselves more. Then there are things that I believe come along in our life that are intentionally trying to break us. Those mm-hmm. are the things that we have to learn how to heal from. And those are the things that you do not want to hold in and carry with you and start to bond with your trauma okay Mm -hmm. because that's a thing or start to bond with the wrong type of people as a result Mm -hmm. of your trauma you know what i'm saying because it 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 works uh both ways i mean there are lots of folks who i believe it or not um when we think about the term of trauma bonding we're often thinking about two people who bond or something over their trauma having something similar but then when we got this whole group of folks who actually make peace with their trauma they mm-hmm. they become bonded to it or not necessarily i won't say it's peace they become content in it or they start to feel like this is what they're worth this is what they deserve and now they're so bonded to that trauma that they don't know anything else yeah they don't know the a, a peaceful life they don't know real love because they're so used to and they have accepted that life is just supposed to be hard for me something comes along and it's easy and they don't even trust it yep right that, ooh, that's a good point too and you know when i was thinking ain't that, 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 that if something seems too good to be true child it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. it must be. yeah but no i didn't even think of I'm glad you said that. I never thought about trauma bonding as tra- bonding with the trauma. I always thought about it like, you know, you and so you get with other groups of people and y'all just complaining and, oh, the struggle, oh, you know, mm-hmm. we should overcome this or <laughs> whatever. Um, but that's a good point too. Like mm-hmm. you can become so, so used to trauma that you just accept it. And yeah. it's like, 
it's okay to reject it. Like, yeah. no, nah, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live in a state of pain or hurt or, uh, you know, whatever that feeling may be that's, that's bringing mm-hmm. you down because you're going to mm-hmm. see it manifest in other parts of life. Like I said, mm-hmm. like we, we, we try to convince ourselves that we're good, but it shows up in other spaces. So you, mm-hmm. so you're, you're going off on your spouse, you're going off on your kids, you're, you know, you're, you're, whatever it may be, it's just, you have to like address it and even say like, you know what? I reject this trauma. What happened to me happened to me, mm-hmm. but I have to find a way to move past this. I can't mm-hmm. let it be a part of my identity that's it right there. That's exactly what I was about to say. That's how you end up bonding to your trauma is when you identify as that, okay? Mm-hmm. Instead of you realizing that this is something that I went through, this is something that happened to me, um, people, you you can easily start to just totally identify with that and not know who you are outside of it, mm-hmm. you know, and not believe that you accept or deserve anything better outside of it. When you start to attach the characteristics of what you what you went through to yourself, Okay, you start to uh, totally embody that. I I have uh, in the past worked with people who are in addictions uh, recovery, and um, I have heard multiple times some uh, you know people say, "I'm really afraid to not be an addict," and um, and I ask you know what's that about? Tell me what that's about. Well, I don't know who I am outside of this. My drug has defined me. For so long, for so long, I've been the cocaine addict. For so long, I've been, quote unquote, the meth head. For so, And I don't know who I am outside of this negative, terrible label. And there are a lot of us um, who carry that around, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that has been uh, reinforced over and over and over again in your life, then, um, you know, to where you have found a place to be comfortable in chaos, you have found a place to be content in sadness and in misery, happiness can be terrifying. <laughs> that, ooh. With that trauma. That success? Is so- what you think of fear success is? <laughs> It can be terrifying. The thought of it can be terrifying. And sometimes we start to cope by expecting things to go wrong, expecting a failure to pop up. That is trauma. If that is you and you're listening to me, that is your trauma talking, okay? When you are going into, or or this is good one. Now I'm about to step a clutch of pearls here because I'm about to step on a lot of ladies' toes with this one, right? Uh-oh. Um, I'm talking about, well, I just don't set no expectations no more because then I won't be disappointed. Ooh, sis, 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 that's your trauma talking. That is your trauma talking. And it is so uh, important that we're careful because we can get in the hole. And, and there we go to another, our best friend is the same way. And now mm-hmm. we're, we bonded over that. I just, I, I don't expect nothing from nobody because all people going to do is hurt you. And I just, this way I won't be disappointed. First of all, that's a lie. You're a human being. You are going to be disappointed. That is just the way that it is. You are, you will be disappointed by, by letdowns and by hurt as you should be um, disappointed by that. That's not going to stop you from experiencing pain and hurt by saying, well, I just, I won't expect anything. All that is, is a trauma response, period. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I love that you brought up the best friend who has a similar situation and mindset, because I'm telling you, the only way, I mean, and of course, some people are strong enough, they can be in a circle of people who may be negative, and they can still be the positive one out the bunch. But I think the best thing you can do is when you you find yourself in situations where you're always talking to someone who's like, oh, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's just always negative. Mm-hmm. It might be time to 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 reevaluate. Like, all right, mm-hmm. this is not helping. And mm-hmm. you talk about trauma bonding, and you talk about the workforce, for example. How many of us have stayed in toxic climates in corporate America? All because, you know, we had a strong bond with like some coworkers who were going through the same crap. It's like, after a while, it'd be like, is this what's holding me here? here? Because I want to be there for my colleagues and they're there for me. And I feel this loyalty to them more so than the place. But if it's in this toxic 
space. Right. And that, I'm that, so- that is a possibility too. That happens all the time. I see it yes. over and over again. <laughs> yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's another thing that I think we don't think about in terms of trauma bonding. You know, I think that we don't, we don't consider uh, our workplace um, as something where we're experiencing trauma bonding, but you can even just not even just your coworkers, you know, because I, I totally believe that where you can start to feel obligated, you can start to feel a part of the group. Um, if that is the only place where you really feel love and acceptance is in the middle of your coworkers who are going through the same thing. I mean, people bond over tragedies that happens all the time, you know, and so if that's the only place where you're really experiencing that, you have a group of people who understand you because they're going through the same thing. Absolutely, you could be doing trauma bonding with your coworkers, but also you could be bonding to that position that you're in because of your past trauma okay mm-hmm. so now you are bonding with the job <laughs> you're bonding because you have a, a need to be needed you feel this is your significance is wrapped up in this you feel you're a people pleaser you need to be you're obligated to places and, and you have displaced loyalty you you literally have bonded yourself uh, to your job based on your trauma your trauma is choosing that that decision for you it's making the decision for you and i i challenge clients all the time even even you know my friends in different conversations but who is making this decision who's making this choice this choice that you're making right now this thing that you're deciding to do right now who is that is that you talking or is that your trauma choosing this for you because mm-hmm. it's if, if you have not healed from it um nine times out of ten it's your trauma sneaking up making choices exactly yeah and, and and you know this is a clutch of pearls moment but i've even seen it happen inside of places like such as churches uh where you really supposed to go there to be healed and renewed and become one with the spirit of god and i'm like y'all up in here just gossiping <laughs> gossiping away and talking about all of your troubles and your pains and that's cool like you gotta let it out but after a while mm-hmm. it's like is that the only reason you come in here so you can sit in the back row and <laughs> talk the whole time and not really, you know, so it could show up in any kind of organization, any space, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's especially when you went to that organization or that space out of your trauma in the first place, mm. you, you, your, your, it wasn't a uh, freedom, you know, it wasn't, um, a healthy choice that you were making it wasn't something that you were doing for yourself because you wanted to do it and you felt like this was the right move for you at this time you literally made that choice out of hurt or out of desperation or out of whatever is the last thing that happened to you then you chose i'm gonna go join this church okay then if that's the case sweetheart it might as well be a cult that's how yeah. people join cults because they're hurt. They, they got mm-hmm. something going on that's exactly and that's right. what attracts them there. That wasn't a, you know what? I'm interested in this and I feel like it's going to enhance my life. So I'm going to go over here and join this cult. That is usually not the, the mindset when people choose something like that. So it, it's it's really no different if you run and decide, you know, out of out of a place, an unhealthy place to bind yourself somewhere, you will inevitably, when you get in there, you are inevitably gonna attract people who, who pick that up. You're gonna attract two types of people, okay? You're gonna attract people who go through the same thing as you and y'all start bonding over this trauma and then neither one of you are able to get healed. It's like just, you know, two people passing the flu back and forth, okay? You just in here contaminate each other. You're also gonna attract people who pick that, off of, pick that up off of you and then they take advantage of the fact that you are hurting. That's, that's usually what yep. happens when we yep. make those types of decisions. So it absolutely, I think it happens in the church way more often than most people are willing to accept. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, in, in most institutions, organizations, I mean, it, it, you, it, we don't want to come off either like you shouldn't talk to friends about your problems. But if the only reason y'all connect is because y'all connecting over hurt and pain and what happened to y'all, then maybe, just maybe, you might want to consider, okay, is this, I'm not healing as a result of this. Me opening this wound over and over is actually Mm -hmm. making it worse. So that's the thing where it's like, you need a little bit of self-reflection there. Like, okay, I keep talking about this. I keep bringing this up. She brings it up too. Hmm. 
maybe this ain't helping us. <laughs> and so here's the question I have for you, because I said this during the spoken word piece too, is like black people's relationship with therapy. And a lot of times <laughs> the, the head shakes told me everything I need to know. But, <laughs> you know, do you feel like it's gotten better in the past 10 years? You know? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, just okay. from my personal opinion, and I believe that's generational as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know, I don't know how they're labeled, but this generation of 18 to 25, 27 year olds, whatever generation that it may be, I don't know the name of their generation, but I believe that they're much more accepting um, to seek therapy than people say in our generation and definitely way more accepting than people in our parents' generation, right? So, um, and I believe social media has a lot to do with that, honestly because it, it it helped to reduce that stigma. It helps you to get to a place where, you know, now people are talking about um, their mental health issues or problems that they have that they want to see that. I mean, it's not uncommon to see somebody post and I, I post it sometimes, who went to my therapist and blah, 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 blah happened. You don't see a trillion comments of people being negative behind a statement like that, where, I mean, 10 years ago, yeah, yeah, you, you, you would. And even when you're, you know, out in public places, it's not uncommon to have conversations with your friends where it may be six of y'all sitting in there and three of y'all are in therapy at the moment or have been, you know, uh, as opposed to maybe 10, 15 years ago, that absolutely was not the case in the Black community, okay? And so I have to address that access is still a problem for a lot of um, African-American people of color. Again, the access to a therapist is still an issue for a lot of us for a lot of different reasons. So I think it has gotten better, but I mean, the stigma is still absolutely there. Absolutely, it is still there. And that is um, most of that, I don't know. I'm gonna have to say most of that comes from within yeah. our community. It's not um, an external thing. It's it's us talking negatively to each other about uh, seeking that type of help, and um, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I agree. I can remember like like it was yesterday. The first time I had a um, a white friend was when I went to college. And I'll never forget when she was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go see my therapist. In my mind, I was like, what's wrong with her? You know, right. is something wrong with her? You know, because we just, you just don't hear a lot of people openly talk about, yeah, I'm going to see my therapist today, <laughs> like at least during that time. Um, and even growing up, uh, I had never heard any of my friends tell me, yeah, I'm headed to therapy. And just, it was so normal. And, it, yeah. and when I think about it, I'm like, I wish it could always be that normal. I wish it, right. it didn't have to be something you had to whisper like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in counseling for this. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm in counseling. This is, this is all a part of the process of me overcoming whatever I need to overcome or just, or right. even, and it doesn't always have to be negative. Like you can just go to therapy just to have, uh, you know, that outlet to talk to mm -hmm. someone, mm -hmm. but I'll never forget that since I was mm -hmm. like, gosh <laughs> she what? just admitted that she goes to therapy every yeah. other week what like it was so yeah my my mind was blown <laughs> that was absolutely the mindset and and, and, and and don't get me wrong it still is with a lot of people I just think it has gotten better over the years <laughs> but yeah. it's still there it's still very very prevalent and um, this narrative, we've talked about this before of the strong black woman and, you know, black people being so strong and, oh, this big one of, you know, keep that in the family. You you know, you don't go tell yeah. people the family business or the meanwhile, the kid is being molested by the granddad. And you know, we don't talk about stuff. Like, I mean, there are so many things that don't even get talked about within the black family unit. Okay. And so they forbid you to go talk to somebody else about it, even though that person is bound by state law, not to tell your secrets. Okay. Um, it's, it's like it, a lot of it is ingrained in us and it, and it pains me um, when I have younger clients who are coming to me in secret because they know their parents uh, don't approve. Mm -hmm. So I may have a client who's 20 years old whose, whose parents are my age and the parent does not want them to be in any type. You don't need to see no therapist. Ain't nothing wrong with you. I ain't never went here. Oh, this is a big one. I ain't never went to no therapy. I did. I, I made it. And I, and I, but 
you know how hard it was for you. So why are you passing that crap on to somebody else? And so this next generation, you know, they they're having a lot more courage to step up and just say, hey, I'm going. <laughs> and mm -hmm. some of them just have to do it in secret. And 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 that causes a problem when they're on their parents' insurance. So they may have to find resources that are free because a lot of African-American people still are just not open to um, the idea. And that's ridiculous. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just sorry. That's just a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I wonder if there's something has there been an increase in older adults to older African-Americans who have started participating in therapy as a, as a result of seeing it normalized a little bit more on social media, because, you know, it, it doesn't want to, you don't want it to be a thing where it's like, oh, you know, just forget about them. They're lost cause kind of thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> like focus on the young people because they'll actually utilize the services. But I wonder too, like, is there any way to start this movement? and be like hey look <laughs> you need it too all of us need it whether you're five years old and you need to talk to somebody or 95 years old it, it doesn't matter um, right yeah I, I think that <laughs> that's difficult I don't know the yeah. stats on that as far as how many people in you know who are considered senior citizens or older African-Americans that go I'll just say for my personal experience mm -hmm. um it's been like trying to break down a brick building with a butter knife. Got Just, it. yeah, not, not doing <laughs> it. I think that that is something that, especially when you're younger, you're in a different generation, mm -hmm. trying to explain the importance of this. You already know big mama and I ain't trying to hear uh, and then you got to say, baby, big mama been doing this this way for a long time. I just talked to the good Lord and I go on about my business. Well, big mama, that stress and all that stuff you wanted, you on 15 pills, though. Mm -hmm. you, you know, your blood pressure high, your cholesterol high, your sugar high. Everything is wrong. And a lot of that is because of the mental stress that you went through that you never had an opportunity to do anything about it. And so now you do. I think, you know, in order to see that movement, then the entities that they are already a part of will have to have a louder voice. Um, yeah. And by that, I mean church. That's where, you know, grandmama and yeah. mama, them, they there. They don't go nowhere else. They go to church, most of them. So I think that that's a message that has to come more across the pulpit in Black churches, the importance of uh, therapy and I see some younger pastors getting into that you know where they will invite a therapist in on a Sunday morning but it's not nearly as prevalent uh, as it should be in my opinion and I think this idea of uh, getting help outside of Jesus is <laughs> I'm glad you went there because I was about to go there and talk about the church problematic <laughs> like... for some people to think of the idea of that and even even in you know outside of, of religion yeah. The idea of getting help is an issue for uh, a lot of people. And I'll, I'll say it again. Okay, here we go. Clutch your pearls. Sis, if you are saying things, because I see, you know, some of y'all just want to tag y'all because I see it on your, your social media. Well, this this why I don't ask nobody for help because nobody's going to help me. I do things on my own. I don't need help from anyone. I, I Oh, this is a good one. We act like it's a, uh, something to be proud of. I never ask anybody for anything. I'd rather just suffer than ask for help. That mm. is a trauma response because number one, you probably have asked the wrong people in your past. And so now you're hurt. And so now that's your trauma talking um you know in terms of why well, I'm just not gonna ask anybody else nobody's here for me so I'm just gonna do it on my own you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying and 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 I tell people this all the time needing help is not uh indicative or it's not determined by how weak or strong you are whether mm -hmm. or not you need help is directly related to the weight of what you're trying to carry it has nothing to do with you as a person. So if, if I'm trying to pick up something that's 10 pounds, okay, I probably can manage that by myself. If I'm trying to pick up something that is 150 pounds, then I'm going to need help. That's not about me. I haven't changed. I'm not weaker or stronger. It's just this thing that I'm trying to carry. The weight of it is now too much for me, okay? <laughs> and so since Black people, Black women in particular, <laughs> is who we mostly talk to, carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, we carry so much. It seemed like to me we should be getting the most help. We should be in therapy more than any other race of people because what we're carrying is heavier than any other race of people, in my opinion. 
and, and, yep, and you know, I, I said that too. I was like, you know, the irony is we've been through the most hurt and pain. It's the people <laughs> with the melanin. <laughs> and we, we're the ones like, oh, you know, we're good. <laughs> no, we're not. No. Um, and I love that analogy you use. Like, it's not you, it's the weight of the problem. It's a way to ask for help. And that, that alone right there, that's a big topic, learning how to ask for help. And even if you don't ask for it, if somebody offers it, offers it, learning how to accept it without feeling like you're weak or it makes you less than in any way, because mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. is often, and I admittedly struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have a hard time and I've gotten better over the years, but for years I'd be like, no, nah, I got it. No, nah. my, my mindset was, I don't want to be a burden on anybody. Mm-hmm. I've always felt mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, people got their own lives, their own problems. Let me just handle this myself. I will get through mm-hmm. it. I can handle it. Even though, you know, I was eating <laughs> in grad school, I was eating ramen noodles and tuna fish, you know, for wow. a week straight because I had no money or, you know, whatever it may be. But <laughs> it's like, my aunt would call me every once in a while. She knew it's like her spirit was telling her. She's like, hey, mm-hmm. you okay up there? You, you need some money? I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then I finally broke down when she called me one day. I was like, I am not good. I am mm-hmm. hungry. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to write and do research. I need some help. And mm-hmm. you never wanted to get to that point where it's just like a complete, utter meltdown or breakdown. And that's, that's what ends up happening. I feel like a lot, like, it's just like mm-hmm. that moment you snap and how do we get, how do we address issues and pain and trauma before we get to that point? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. First, I think, you know, in addressing it, we have to realize the damage that it is doing in our lives. Like when you realize how something is negatively impacting you, how it's affecting you, you'll be more prone, I believe, to, to change it to do something about it. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, you talked earlier about um, your friendships. Yeah, there should be times when you're able to vent to your friends and to, I mean, we vent to each other, but at the end of the day, it's about moving forward. It's about the whole, the whole big picture. Okay, what progress is being made mm-hmm. as a result of these conversations? Are we growing? And then if not, what damage is being done by us sitting up here, keep on talking about the same thing over and over. First of all, you know, you vibrating real low. If you go keep talking about that over and over, it's going, it's running you low, period. You're not going to be able to be in a, in a better a headspace, just talking about the same thing over and over. So looking at uh, whatever trauma you've uh, experienced and um, please let me make this clear trauma does not always have to be uh, being molested yes that's something that causes trauma for sure but it, trauma can come from anything you know it can come from anything it's really about how you processed whatever it was that you went through and so you know thinking about that what damage is this doing by you holding on to it mm-hmm. pay attention and, and whew, girl, I've had a lot of clutch of pearls moments in this one, but I'm going to say this right here. I'm going to say this right here to my single sisters. Um, y'all, um, a lot of times we pick the wrong man out of our trauma. Mm-hmm. And we move from one situation to the next, to the next, to the next. It looks exactly the same because we haven't stopped and healed from the thing that's causing us to choose these people in the first place. And all you're doing is trauma bonding, okay, from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, you can call it codependency, okay, if you want to. But both of y'all got some trauma going on. And if, if we don't heal those places, it keeps us from getting the very type of man that we claim that we want. We will, Mm. in a heartbeat, it's all over social media. I want somebody that's going to be able to do this and do this and take care of me and take me out on dates and, uh, you know, do things for me and buy me gifts. Okay. But if your trauma is at such a place that you don't know how to receive, you're going to repel that type of man Mm. because you won't, you're not going to let him do anything for you. Yeah. You think you will, but you won't. (laughs) You're going to repel that type of man because you don't know how to say, baby, I need some help. Can you help me with such and such? And so he will feel very obsolete in your life because you, but based on your trauma, have turned into Miss, I don't need nobody. I don't need you to help me. Come on, man. You know, you yeah. can't have it both ways. You're either going to have to be uh, vulnerable and get your needs met, or you can be miserable and not get them met. That's yeah. just, that. there's no in between, really. I don't believe. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad you touched on the relationships piece because 
I could look back on a few relationships like, yeah, I had a lot of baggage or, you know, that's another name for trauma, basically. Uh -huh. <laughs> like yeah. I was carrying around like, oh, uh, where were you? Oh, I had this happen to me before, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even to a guy who I know is a really great person. <laughs> like I just went to the grocery store. You cool. <laughs> But if, if, like you said, no, you're not. Let me see your receipt. <laughs> I know Ray Ray did this before, and he told me he was going to the grocery store. Girl, I need you but, to go ahead and come on heal from what heal. Ray Ray did. You gotta heal, heal. From what Ray Ray did, okay? Because if you don't, I promise you, you're gonna attract you know, three, four more Ray Rays. <laughs> you are. And you know, exactly. That's exactly right. Or like you said, when the right person does come along, you, you're going to repel them. They're going to be like, whoa, it's a lot mm -hmm. of baggage here. It's a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of hurt and pain. And mm -hmm. she got some healing to do. I, mm -hmm. I can't help. And um, and that's it. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's something that, to think about too. And of course, you're not healing just for other people. Like you really truly right. have to do it for yourself. But it does help when you come to a relationship as a, you know, a whole healthy secure <laughs> person mm -hmm. who's kind of in touch with all right i know this is who i am this is what i need and mm -hmm. you're not bringing a bunch of trauma and baggage to that situation mm -hmm. absolutely and another space too, you know point that i want to make is that allow things in your past to help you to have better boundaries not build a wall Yes. That's the difference. You don't want to have, you know, trust issues. You just want to have some better boundaries to the point where you're not compromising uh, who you are for the sake of another person. You're not tolerating and accepting less than what you deserve. That's not putting up a wall. That's a boundary. But mm -hmm. sometimes we put up walls. <laughs> we put up walls. And that's not uh, a good thing because when you put up a wall, you keep out everything, the good and the bad. Meanwhile, you sit back there trying to pretend you're not lonely. And mm -hmm. a lot of times you are, you know? Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And you know what? Like one thing you brought up earlier, I'm thinking about trauma and how it manifests in different ways. Like, for example, so I have a cousin. Um, when he was a young kid, somebody pushed him in the pool. He couldn't swim. And somebody pushed him in the pool like, oh, you just got to jump in there. You know, that's how you learn. They pushed him in there. And ever since, he always had this fear. Like, mm -hmm. he does not swim. He don't even get in the shallow end. He'll go to the pool party, hang out, get a couple of hamburgers <laughs> from the grill. But that's about the extent of it. And he didn't realize like he had a form of PTSD until like his adulthood when he talked to somebody like, hey, man, you know, you should consider taking swim lessons. Like that's something mm -hmm. you got to recognize first. Mm -hmm. And like I, that's kind of a an extreme example. But mm -hmm. I feel like it's a good example of like uh, unless we recognize it unless we sit down and talk to someone or mm -hmm. or spend time alone and reflect mm -hmm. huh, am i am i dealing with some issues here mm -hmm. is this something that needs to be addressed and you'll never really recognize how much of an impact it has on you and right. he finally recognized that like oh dang, i do have this really bad fear of water and like his sons like to swim and stuff and one thing he said to me was like mary if one of my sons something happened I would be too afraid to go in there and get them out. Now, of course, it's my son. I would just have to to just do what I have to do and go in there. But he was like, the fear, the idea of me being uh -huh. too afraid to, to rescue one of my sons is the reason I knew I had to take swim lessons and get over this fear. So uh -huh. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and you know, that brings something to my mind is that because you some people are like, well, is this situation... Um, harsh enough or was it severe enough to consider it as trauma it's all about how you responded to it it's it's mm -hmm. really not necessarily about um you know the situation or or what it was that you experienced it's about how you processed it at that time what thoughts did you have as a result of what what you experienced what meaning did you attach to what it was that you just experienced what mm -hmm. did you tell yourself about yourself as a result of what you experience this is a good one i need everybody to write this down okay <laughs> what truth did you develop okay what truth did you come up with what what belief system did you develop as a result of what it was that you experienced okay that is going to make a huge difference with how you move past that this is how or through it 
This is how two people can go through the same thing, the same situation and respond to it totally and completely different. One person is, is moving on and they're healthy and they're going forward with their life. And the next person is still stuck on it 10 years later. And all of that is, it goes right back to whatever your thoughts were at the time that that, that happened. How did you process it? Did you process it out at all? Or did you just keep moving? Did you say something negative? Did you develop a negative truth? or a negative uh, belief. Um, this is why I tell people to be careful with I'm living my truth, okay? Be careful with that because your truth may be a lie. Your truth may have been developed out of trauma and your truth may be incorrect. If the truth that you develop, this is my truth, your truth may be that you are ugly and, and terrible because that's what your mama said to you all your life. Now that's your truth, right? Right? That doesn't make it, it's not a fact. Okay, <laughs> so don't just go by what's your truth. What's a fact? Are yeah. you a stupid person? Are you somebody, you know, I, I, I've heard this, this before too, you know, if you experience a sexual assault or a rape and then you d develop the idea that that was because you were dressed too provocatively or you were too fast. Oh, you're just so fast. You always wearing them short skirts. We, you know, you just, you just fast. I, that's why you're always standing around these men. That's why, you know, somebody gonna, how, how often do we hear that um, back in the day? Somebody, the wrong type of man gonna get a hold of you because look what you got on. As as though you saying that to a 15-year-old and if some 30-year-old wants her, that's called being a pedophile, okay? It ain't got nothing to do with her. And But that can get into your brain depending on how you process that thing. You can develop your own belief system. <laughs> and then you start playing those tapes over and over and over again. So when I say what truth do, did you develop? I mean, what have you accepted as truth as a result? And in your cousin's situation, you know, if I get in this water, I may drown and die. Okay, I'm, I, it, it, I'm not going to be able to swim. I'm not going to be able to get out. It just, you know, all these different things can start to go into your head until they become real to you. <laughs> and you got to go back and undo that so that you can start to move forward and figure out what's at, you know, factual versus just what's the truth that you have decided on yourself. Yes. What's your truth? What have you accepted as true? Yeah, I love that. I never thought about it that way. Like your truth may not <laughs> be, you know, know, the reality of, yeah, I just, I don't know, that's deep. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta remember that. And then one thing I gotta, I gotta say this, cause I get so tired of this <laughs> just because something, and you mentioned it a little bit, just a, a few seconds ago, just because something didn't affect you a certain way, do not belittle a person or make them feel less than or inferior because they uh -huh. process something differently. Yes. Like just because you can go out there and jump into the deep end of the pool, <laughs> even though you don't know how to swim and you have fun doesn't mean somebody else won't be traumatized by that right. by that experience of almost drowning so um i have had it happen to me personally and i have done it to others admittedly and i didn't realize i was doing it to others like girl just shake that off you know you'll be fine you know like i've been through that you know like in hindsight I recognized in that moment, I was like, I, I was not a good friend in that moment mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I downplayed what she was going through all because maybe I experienced something and had a different reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's mm -hmm. something I think as friends, as parents, as sisters, as brothers, as children, we have to be mindful of mm -hmm. you may be impacted differently than someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like mm -hmm. if somebody is opening up to you, because it's hard just to open up already, like for a lot of us. Like, <laughs> yes. And if somebody is opening up to you and you meet them with that kind of reaction of, girl, oh, you just, you overreacting and you have just, that person is going to put a wall up. Like you said, you, right. you have created even more of a, they're, they're going to go into defense mode. Like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. well now I see I can't come to you. So that's, right. that's important. Right. That is, that is so true. You know, you don't want to end up, you ever had those conversations where it feels like a trauma competition or, you know, a pain competition and it's like, yes. <laughs> well, oh, I'm just going through something. You know, I broke my arm. Well, girl, I can remember when I broke my arm and my leg, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And, and, uh, you know, I kept going, okay, this is not a competition. It's yes. not a competition. And I can remember 
having, oof, I, I mean, it was a knockdown drag out really with this lady at my <laughs> at a job in the past. She, uh, there was one particular woman, her grandmother had passed away and she came to work, trying to work, you know, it's one of those situations, trying to clock in. And I literally found this woman in a room, like just melting down. Okay. We, first of all, we're in a mental health facility and, and you're trying to pull yourself together in order to go out here and help these patients. And so she was like, I just, I just want to go home. I just can't do it. You know, I had, and they put her on the uh, geriatric unit. Okay. So she's back here working with the elderly and her grandma just passed away. Um, and she's like, I just can't, they won't change my unit. And I just want to clock out and go home. And I was like, look, if you need me to go back there and tell them that you're going home, then <laughs> I'll go back there and tell them that you're going home. And she said, yeah, I just can't. I, I just got to get out of here. I mean, she was barely able to breathe. You know, when you're doing that cry words, <laughs> girl, get out of here. Okay. I'm not your boss, but this, this is not a good look for you. You need to be at home chilling. So I went back there to tell the other, uh, one of the other people working on the unit at the time, you know, so-and-so had to leave. She was real upset. You know, her grandmama really just passed away and she just couldn't take it. I work with my mama died. My mama died. And that, that's her grandma. My mama died. And I still came to work. So what? what's wrong with her? Baby. Y'all, she caught the worst of me that day. She did. She caught it. I probably should have been a little nicer, but I, I, I let her have it. Because I was like, what's it got to do? Right. <laughs> Stop now. What's it got to do with the situation right now? First of all, who told you that you had to come to work when your mama died? You made the choice to suck it up. That was, that was the word she used. I sucked it up and came anyway. So now you're mad at her because she is not making the same terrible decision that you made. She's deciding to take care of your, herself and deal with herself. And you didn't do that. So now you're mad at her for not staying here suffering like you did. Um, That is a problem. This is not a pain competition. This is not a let's see who can, who can go through the most nonsense <laughs> and still keep their head above water type of competition. This is not what this is. And so... She had put herself in a position where there's no way that that woman was ever going to be able to come and talk to her because all you got to say is, well, this, well, when I, I was fine, I made it. So, um, you know, and I, I tell my clients all the time, like, just stop comparing, don't even compare yourself to what somebody else has gone through. You're not them. So mm -hmm. just because somebody else might have a bullet wound to the leg, we all know that's painful. That doesn't make your paper cut hurt any less. Mm, okay. I like that. Yeah, that's a good analogy. You know, you you might be shot in the leg and I sympathize with that and I'm not trying to compare myself to you, but that does not take the pain of a splinter. You might have your, that can hurt, okay? So it's still painful. And I think that's why it is so important uh, for us to find safe spaces to uncover our trauma. Because, you know, to be fair to black women, black people, just period, minorities, period, but especially black women, we haven't had a lot of safe spaces, even with our, in and our own families, amongst our friend groups, uh, you know, we already talked about choosing the wrong friends, honey, uh, at the church, child, whoo, that's another episode <laughs> for another day, we have not had a lot of safe spaces to say, I am hurting, I am broken down, I I went through A, B, C, D, and E, and, and I need to get this off my chest. I need to process what happened to me as a result of, uh, you know, I slept with this married man, and this is what he did to me. I had this abortion, and this is what it did to me. I'm suffering from depression because of A, B, C, D, and E. We have not had a lot of safe spaces to say those type of things and church shame on you for not being a space but that's another video for me another uh podcast for another day. shame on the you. saints gonna be blowing us up look i'm ready I, you know i'm shame catholic too you. so we got <laughs> shame on you. when it comes to women's rights i got you know yes. you um, should but, be the um, safe space for people's trauma but we haven't had that and that's what the importance of going to therapy is what i was going to say because therapy is yeah. is usually that safe space where you can yes. um start to uncover the trauma and heal yeah absolutely and i'm glad you mentioned that too and i always felt like because i did start getting therapy as an adult um and i've always appreciated that therapists can come at situations with a certain objectivity that your family and friends can't mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I think even like, for example, I love my dad. Everybody knows I'm a daddy's girl and I could tell him something. He's going to side with me, 
right he's gonna be like oh no you were fine in that situation <laughs> he's like don't worry about it you know he you, you just let it go don't worry mm-hmm. but you know no real no real well no sometimes he'll tell me like no you were dead wrong like don't get me wrong <laughs> like he'll tell me but I feel like when you talk to somebody who has a certain level of objectivity they're not as invested in you per se mm-hmm. you're not their child mm-hmm. then they can kind of help you develop some solutions to like okay yes you know what you did in that situation might not have been the best response mm-hmm. here's how you can handle it in the future here are some mm-hmm. some things you can do here are some techniques on how to handle it so you don't blow up on a person like you, you mm-hmm. snapped at the coworker or, or whatever it may be you had mm-hmm. some meltdown um, and so that's why I think therapy is good for everybody. Like, even if you're not going through something, like I said, because sometimes you have stuff going on, you don't even realize it's there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that unspoken trauma. I'm like, you won't yeah. know that if you don't talk and get it out and like mm-hmm. really assess like, okay, who am I? What am I going mm-hmm. through? What have I been through as a person? And where am I trying to go? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that is so important, you know, that you mentioned that because your therapist can help you get to peel back those layers, you know, to, yeah. to get to that place of why you're doing what you're doing. And sometimes, you know, we connect dots that are there. They're there. You come in with these dots and we can help you to often help you to connect them so you can see a picture now that you didn't mm-hmm. see before. Or you can start to see a pattern or a habit in your behavior. And then we can get to the bottom of why you're doing it. And that's the thing that doesn't happen when you're trauma bonding. Okay. Yes. When you just have a friend and, and they may be holding your hand and you know it it because trauma bonding can feel good for a period of time. Uh, you got somebody to talk to, you got somebody that's experiencing the same thing as you, and it just feels great for a minute, but it it doesn't help you to get past the situation. And a lot of times when you start to finally heal, uh, <laughs> the relationship falls apart and you start mm. to wonder why, why are we, why are we not talking anymore? Well, the, the reason for which you bonded <laughs> with the person it's gone. It's no longer a problem here anymore. And so what what have you left? What do you have in common when all you had was misery? And now one of y'all is <laughs> not miser- miserable anymore, you know? And so that's the benefit of going to a therapist versus saying, well, I'm, you know, I got this friend here and this is just what we talk about all the time is that um, a therapist can help you point out some things that your friend may not be able to see Okay, and they can help you to get to things that are deeper (laughs) within you, you know, exactly. Well, I just I want to personally thank you because I feel like you probably could have invoiced sent me an invoice like several times over the past. (laughs) 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 Um, And although we were technically having therapy sessions, there have been so many nuggets and gems you have given me over the years. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say that and write that down. Girl, I have to say it myself. No, I mean it's it's so beneficial. Like, and I and I really do hope as a community, um, especially as time goes on, you know, you got the younger generations who are like, nah, ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm going to see my therapist. I really hope we can really just just normalize it to the point where it's just second nature to say, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go talk to somebody. This is this is beneficial for me. Um, and just look at it as a form of self-care. And just say it's just a part of my routine just like Absolutely. I take a bath or whatever I like to do therapy is all a part of that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you don't want to um, go through life not realizing in some situations, um, you know, where it's something that some choice that you're making or some thought pattern or some process that's inviting people into your life that cause these traumatic situations for you. You don't want to go through life not not being able to identify what that is mm-hmm. okay you don't want to go through life uh, not understanding why you are traumatized by something in the first place and then inevitably you keep going through the same thing over and over uh, I think we said this in another episode or either my therapist said it once um, you know we don't want to spend our lives just healing from the last thing that happened mm. like that's 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 not at what point do you thrive you know let's yes. move beyond survival and actually start being able to thrive I I don't want to just spend my life in a perpetual state of healing from stuff (laughs) Mm, mm. you know what I mean like 
it's more to life than that. And so you all just heard me say, yes, I am a licensed psychotherapist. Um, BJWord.com if you like an appointment. But I have a therapist. I go to uh, therapy. And it, it's I have no shame in that. I don't think that you should go to any therapist who doesn't go to a therapist at some point. Um, because just as I help un- other people unpack their stuff, somebody has to help me unpack my stuff. You know what I mean? And so I think that's something to to be said for that and y'all social media is not a therapist it's 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 just not i mean some some great tidbits and tips that you can get on there but that's not the same as going to therapy going to the barbershop guys that's not the same as going to therapy um going to a bar going to the gym yes it's not the same as going to therapy okay church it's not the same as going to therapy brunch and mimosas it's not the same as going to therapy okay we love all of these things we want you to engage in all these things but they're not the same as just going to therapy can they help you to feel better absolutely um but you want to experience a level of growth that takes place when you go to see someone who is actually skilled um and has the expertise uh to help you move beyond and your therapist can oftentimes say things that your friends won't because we don't care if you get mad at us (laughs) that's a good point that's so true it's like that's why you need that person who could who who will tell you like "Eh, no mm -mm. you Mm -hmm. you blew up you snapped you started throwing stuff yeah no that's you need anger Mm -hmm. management (laughs) yeah right Right. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, even in that friendship, especially in that trauma bond, Mm -hmm. uh, you, while you sitting there talking, the next person is kind of thinking about when they can get their turn to talk about the traumatic thing that they're going through. Or, um, in some of these situations of codependency, um, that person is kind of feeding off of you being in a negative low space because it helps them feel better about their negative low space. Um, that's yeah. not conducive to growth. It's just not. And and that um also when you go out, you go to the barbershop, you go to the bar, you go to brunch and mimosas, whatever, whatever, kind of ends there. Um, your therapist is connecting the dots week after week after week. So when you get a good one, you come in there on week four, okay, and say something, and we'll connect it to what you said on week number one. And say, do you realize you said that same thing when you were talking about your father three weeks ago? No, I didn't. Could it be that I'm like this because of my relationship with my dad? Well, what you think? <laughs> right. <laughs> what <sound> like? <laughs> I see a pattern here. And a lot of times people are just not listening for that when it's it's a situation where, you know, you're just talking or it's just your coworkers. Everybody's just trying to get stuff off their chest. Okay, but what are we going to do with it after we get it off? Mm-hmm. You know, where do and we go from there? Where do we go from there? Well, hopefully people feel inspired to, uh, and, and we recognize that access could be a thing for some people um, in terms of affordability, but hopefully more and more people feel inspired to mm-hmm. set up them appointments. Like, okay, yeah, they're right. Let me reach out because I know this is something that I need for myself and my well-being. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good episode. I enjoyed this. You know, and of course, you can invoice me later if you want to. I know you know I'll be picking your brain. Like, what do you think about older people going to there? It's always just it it makes me think as much, you know, as it does you, and it's always um as therapeutic for me as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm here for it, you know, just to see us change and to grow and to get better because when you're dealing with situations where you are not healed and it is going to come out in every area of your life it just is there is no way to compartmentalize that type of hurt it you you're not going to be able to compartmentalize it it will come out (laughs) it's just going to seep out so that's why you have to to get you know, to a place where uh, forgiveness, number one, of yourself, uh, of the person, the other person from the situation happens. And then so you can start the process uh, of healing. That's so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? I, I think this is a good place to, 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 to wrap up this conversation. But of course, as you all know, we're here every week, every Tuesday, you can join us. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch us on YouTube or you can stream us on your favorite um, 
your favorite what is it called streaming no 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 podcast thank you <laughs> your favorite <laughs> podcast streaming platform like i'm so <laughs> sleepy you all it's one of them days but uh we up upload a new episode every tuesday <laughs> absolutely y'all and also um follow us on social media uh mj and the word podcast we're on facebook instagram and twitter um yeah and youtube so go ahead when you go to youtube hit that like and subscribe button and drop us a comment let us know what you think of the episode so far thank you so much to those who have given their feedback we absolutely appreciate y'all and again y'all we are just scratching the surface and just getting started and we got some juicy episodes coming for you we promise oh, yeah. <laughs> all right y'all till next time all right peace